Now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. I don't know about the matchups tonight, but the matchups this weekend, Michigan, Alabama, Northern Illinois University, and Iowa. We thought that game was a couple of weeks into the season. That's this weekend at Soldier Field. Notre Dame and Navy in Dublin, Ireland, Northwestern, and Syracuse. Illinois and Western Michigan, full slate of college football. We're starting to get a football fever here on the two guys at a Mike show. Hope your temperatures are rising, too. We will lead into a football Friday coming up uh, this Friday. Talk some baseball, too. Little Republican National Convention, Hurricane Isaac, and Mucho. Mucho Moss here are the two guys that might show a little bit of music. And then we will get this particular program off and running. Thank you very much, David Olson, producer Supremo on the other side of the glass. We always say producer extraordinaire. we got to look up for some synonyms. I'm tired of saying extraordinary. You can only compliment the guy so many times. But either way, David Olson, other side of the glass, our producer, big dog and a coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. We're going to have Pigsky Boy check in today with a little NFL, in particular the Chicago Bears preview show. We got all that coming, and of course, uh, as I mentioned, right at the top of the open college football coming at you starting today and big games this weekend. And Big Dog, we were talking yesterday about uh, the increased problem this year with suspensions. And, and, and well, well, you know, I, I don't think it's more than normal this year. Oh, I do. The last four or five. Oh, I do. I, I, Coach, I just want to remind you of this. One year ago, exactly today at 10.04, you were talking about how bad suspensions were this no, year I don't compared think to other so. years. No, you were. You did. So. You did. This is not the first year you brought this up. We're talking the collegiate game, not NFL. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right. This is not the first year you brought this up. I will admit, though, this year seems it is. It's ungodly. I mean, like even Illinois suspended players this yep. year. That never happened. Yep. I mean, Illinois was like, we only have four players. We can't suspend any of them. I was getting all so. jacked up for the Michigan-Alabama game. I still am, and I heard by the way that that ticket might be one of the hardest tickets ever. Maybe you're the one who told me that on the show yesterday. but uh, No, I didn't say that. It's no, Jerry Jones Stadium in beautiful Dallas, Texas. But then I read, and I'm reading, and, you know, I'm trying to read up on all my teams. I'm hearing about Michigan's running back, Fitz Tarrant. I don't know how you pronounce his last name, but he's their top skill position player coming back. And then I read in today's paper that Fitzy is probably going to have to sit out. Michigan's top offensive threat beyond Denard Robertson uh, is yeah, going to have yeah. to sit out the Alabama game. Now, David Olson, help me out here. Operating a vehicle visually impaired. What the hell is that? Operating a V, not drunk driving, or is that a fancy way of saying drunk driving? Uh, Operating a vehicle visually impaired. I was trying to figure out what that might be. No. Uh, sunglasses at night, maybe? <laughs> or, uh, coach, people like me whose vision is so bad we have to wear contacts or, len- or glasses while we're driving. Okay. Not like driving a tractor around school wearing, like, you know, a couple of cement blocks over his head or something? 
Or maybe the guy just had an ugly shirt and visually he was in here. <laughs> oh, man, you can only laugh because the next best emotion or the next emotion is crying. But uh, it, it is kind of sad that you get these great matchups and so many key players are uh, missing. But the, the coaches and maybe the athletic directors, Big Dog, are lower in the boom on some of these young men. If you really want to see something, just look at Oregon the first week of the season compared to uh, the second week. Um, every year of the last five – Oregon, if you name the top ten football programs around uh, NCAA football, mm-hmm. LSU, Oregon, look at all the suspensions they've had the first week of the season over the last decade. It's amazing. Besides Stanford, by the way. Stanford yet to suspend anybody. Not because uh, they don't have tight uh, restrictions on players. It's that the players aren't stupid enough to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the truth. You look at the USC, oh my goodness, first week of the year, you got a bunch, of, there's a bunch of freshmen taking on the rest of the country, and then all of a sudden, week two, you got the, the whole NFL first and second round draft plan. It's, it's, I don't know what it is, coach. It's, you, you give a kid that it basically, you know, twenty, forty thousand dollars, whatever these, uh, whatever the alumni are paying these guys. You know what I'm saying? Yep. They don't really earn this money, and you know, so they get these, this back, this money handed to them in the back door. It's handed to them illegally, so they end up doing stupid illegal stuff with it, like driving uh, their car that somebody bought from in another name all drunk because they go out to a, a, a campus party and everybody buys them a drink. And then then there's, you know, five cops on the way. Four of them uh, say, you know what, I, I can care less if that guy's driving because he's so-and-so with the Alabama uh, defensive secondary. Mm-hmm. And then there's a fifth guy that's like, well, he's black. And, by the way, he's drunk, and I don't want anybody, I don't want him killing any blonde girl while he's driving in these streets. I'm, this coach, this stuff starts adding up. That's why there's so many suspensions. Be a great answer to a trivia question. Last Stanford football player to be suspended. David Olson, you got some uh, info on the visual impairment of a Fitz. Tw- How do you pronounce his lad? Twisson? Twisson. Thank you. I don't have information on him, but looking up IEO operating while visually okay. impaired yep. has nothing to do with your eyes. Ah. It means it is obvious you are impaired. Interesting. So it could be a uh, fancy it, way of saying drunk driving. Yeah, it's it's it wasn't tested, but it's obvious. All right. You know, what obviously, I, I gonna... obviously, he, uh, some substance is altering your ability to operate a motor okay. vehicle. I was actually going to say something like that because, uh, Dave, I think Michigan. Did it happen in Michigan? Because I think Michigan is the only state. It in is. Michigan. It is, and the penalties for that are much less severe than an OWI, which is operating while intoxicated. Yeah, that's it's totally different, coach, in Michigan than other states. So. If you're if you're just a, a louse of a drunk and you and you insist on not taking public transportation or taxis, move to Michigan. To start your adventure, go to Michigan.org. Yeah, and as org as in like organ transplant is, <laughs> you know. Oh, hey, ho, Blue Forty Two. Oh goodness, well you got a big game coming. You worked all off season. You got an NFL career in front, and I don't mean to pick on Fitz in particular. I'm talking about players in general. And the week before a game, all right, you're drinking. That's that's not good, but you're driving too. I mean, how stupid can you be? You got one of the one of the biggest games of your life coming up. You've worked all, you know, the weight room, the conditioning, and the hot summer, and all of that big. And you throw it away because you decide to get behind the wheel Coach. under a level of impairment. Yes, sir. 
Coach, okay, now you, you, you kind of remember your Division three and these are Division one. All I know is this. When I was in college, I remember my senior year. And there was like these freshmen. Well, where are you going out tonight, Joel? Where are you going out tonight? You, you, you and Shanahan go. Where are you guys going out? Yeah, we're going out. We're going out to this guy. You guys want to come with us? Yeah, want to come with us? Well, you're driving, and you can't drink at all. Well, that doesn't sound like. Then you can't hang with us. We need a ride. Next thing you know, we'd have a freshman drive us to all our parties. They'd be sober during football. You think I'm kidding during football season? If you want to hang out with me. I'm the president and the captain of the team. You have to be sober and drive me back and forth to these parties. Yep. We would get somebody every single party; be no problem. It was like a joke. But they would next, you know, there'd be one sober freshman and eight fifteen wasted football players <laughs> in there. And, well, you know, you look back yeah. now, a lot of we'd be in pickup trucks too. And so, let it be known yeah, that that was dumb. before the 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 term designated driver ever existed. No, uh. Uh-uh. Uh uh-uh. For my whole entire life, I've known the term designated driver. Well, what I'm I've saying known. was before it became commonplace. I don't. I don't think so, Coach. I, really? I, I, you got to understand. I was educated in Downers Grove in the '80s. I don't and, remember uh, designated. We had, to go through, uh, we had to go help. It was designated driver was without question. Okay. Are you the DD DH? No, I'm the DH. I'm the designated hitter, and the guy would smoke the weed. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not, I'm the designated hitter. I'm not the designated driver. Uh, okay. <laughs> designated here. Oh, goodness. Well, you know, it, it comes out every once in a while in our discussions. We are of two different generations. I forget that. Yeah, you know, I mean, it really, it really, a designated driver was definitely okay. around when I was in okay. high school learning. Like, we had, to, we had to go through the Downers Grove North. Basically, the Downers Grove North driver's head went like this. Okay, uh, if you turn the wheel to the left, your car will go to the left. Turn to the right, your car will go to the right. And if you drink and drive, you will look like this. All right, the next lesson. All right, if you need to stop, you put your foot on the brake. And if you drink and drive, this is what's going to end up, and I'm not kidding you, 95% of our lessons in Mm -hmm. uh, driving class when I was at Downers Grove North was to not drink and drive. Yeah. Yeah, that was not not the case back in our day. Did you guys have simulators? Oh, those things were the stupidest things of all time. And I'm kidding, I almost failed my driving class from Mrs. Deacon, or Deacon, whatever her name was, because during the simulator I made it a point to hit all the vice lists. She's like, this isn't funny. <laughs> like, I must have done something right because I didn't miss one. See, that's the difference between you point. and me. I, I, I to drive the simulator properly because I was trying to hit the bicyclist, and she I, didn't find that funny whatsoever. I lost a couple of months of my, uh, you know, productive high school life after running over a six-year-old on a simulator. I was pretty much malfunctional from uh, the middle of October right through the Christmas break. Well, the, the simulators that they had back in your your day, oh my goodness, they were film projectors. Yes. Nowadays, I don't think they have them anymore, but if they did, they'd be like 3D, virtual reality. I mean, if you hit a kid, you really would probably, you know, feel bad about it instead of someone like you who tried to knock over as many bicycles as possible. You have a simulator mom and dad come and you have to talk to them and explain what happened. Yep. Horrible. (laughs) Oh, goodness. 888, let me throw the phone number out there real quick, Big Dog. By the way, Pigskin Boy Going to be checking in in just a bit. We'll talk a little NFL football, Chicago Bears. they got an exhibition game coming up uh, tomorrow against the Cleveland Browns. Week from Sunday, they open up the uh, National Football League season. So, Pigskin, checking in. We'll talk some football for sure. Other topics at your persuasion, 888-463-6748, 888-463-6748. Before I forget, Big Dog, guess who has joined our foursome for golf? David Olson. No. Although he is, uh, I haven't thrown out an invitation, but I, I don't know. Do you golf, Dave? No. 
Um, and this, actually, after I tell Joel, it might then become a threesome. But joining our foursome is our ex-general manager over at WSBC, the czar Mark Pinsky. See, I really don't think I can make it, Coach. <laughs> yeah. Why did I know that was coming? Funny. I, don't, I don't know how I'm going to get back to the city. I, I really feel bad for Steve Ritchie. I'm going to have to just, like, I, really, I can't miss work. Yeah. Not because not because I, I need the money so bad, and that is actually half of the reason. But the other half is I'm our only t- uh, tour guide. And what are we, we're going to have, like, some 8-year-old kid go out there and be right. like, uh, uh, that's the Sears Tower. Uh, this is water, yeah, this and is we're your, going on our way back. That's your working season. You gotta, you gotta get it done while uh, the just, done I, can be gotten. I just, I'm just, I don't think I'd be able to get back in time. That's the only problem, and I feel bad because I told yeah. Steve I was going to go. I sent him an email, yeah. and now I don't know if I can. Yeah, so. and, and if he can't stay for dinner in the one-hour open bar, and David Olson, you want to see uh, the very essence of traffic congestion? Uh, it's very similar. Like you ever see the start of, the, of a marathon run? When you got like a thousand people all converging in a, you know, down a smaller tunnel. When there's like five minutes left at the open bar and it was only like a one hour open bar, even the big dog with his lateral movement ability, you had trouble getting up there. But it's, it's that's like. BS. That's BS. I just want to let you know something, Dave. Dave Olson, uh, the first year, Coach and I didn't know where to sit. The <laughs> second, third, and fourth years that I went, I realized that they put the person serving the alcohol in the closet. And Coach is like, where do you want to sit, big dog? And I run right here, Coach. I don't know if you never noticed that. I literally sit within four feet of the bar. I don't need lateral quickness. I just need instinctiveness to see when the gap happens. I got, and, and plus, I'm smart. So, uh, there's always that short little Mayan girl. I drop a 10 right in her, her, her tip jar. Trust me, as soon as I stand up, she's like, get out of the way, and she pours me the drink. <laughs> and, she, and then she says in front of everybody, thank you for the tip. Yeah, this is a okay, man. Everyone wants to know why did Big Dog get served before him because I just dropped a, I just yeah. dropped a Harrison or a Hamilton right in her freaking this, <laughs> this is the kind of advice, the kind of expertise, the little hints and tidbits you get on the two guys in a mic show for all the young kids listening out there. That's a great word of advice. And, um, yeah, if you can't stick around for the open bar, Big Doug, it's just not uh, – it's almost not worth coming. I mean, that's part of the fun. I still remember three, four years ago, some guy got a hole-in-one. And he's and all – like, by everybody. Yeah, yeah he, was, he was all excited about the hole-in-one, and, and I was not aware of this tradition, but he was then informed of the tradition that if you got a hole-in-one, you have to buy everybody a round of drinks, and suddenly – his excitement over getting the hole in one was uh, diminished somewhat. And then he and then he left as quickly as possible. And then when somebody went to slap him on the back, they were like, "Where's he at? Doesn't he know it's an open bar with free alcohol?" He didn't realize that he was already out of the building before he had to pay for anybody's <laughs> drink. When he didn't realize he didn't have to pay for one, what a fool! <laughs> by, the, by the way, coach, I'm starting to get. I don't know if I'm happy with this, or maybe I, I, there's a, a life lesson that needs to be taught, but. Every single wedding that I've been invited to over the last 15 years, yep. I tend to be seated right next to the bar, my table, every time. I'm not talking about every once in a while, every freaking time, including the Hasidic Jewish slash Korean <laughs> wedding that I went to last yeah. Tuesday, right next to the bar. I'm not, I was like, how did they know? How did they freaking know? So, Or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe you know they find out where you're sitting and the bar moves. It's possible. That's not that's not out of the realm of possibility. <laughs> oh, goodness. Your reputation precedes you and it postcedes you, Big Dog. Uh, my liver does, though. Yeah. 
What was a Hasidic Jew in Korean wedding? That was last yeah. last weekend. It was a freaking party. Mazeltov. <laughs> what kind of dancing was there? Just out of curiosity. Uh, I, what kind of dancing was there? Yeah. Uh, Coach, I just want to let you know that everything about that wedding was really cool and unique and awesome. And then when they started playing the music, Celebration came on. Mm -hmm. We Are Family came uh, on. You name it, you name it, you name it. Just start naming them. A little bit louder now. A little uh, bit louder now. I didn't I didn't stay long enough for that, but that would have been there. I'm not kidding you. Mm -hmm. I think that would have been played. I, that wasn't yet, but you're, that's a that, I'm that's curious, a how did they do the Hava Nagila with the Korean twist? Uh, Hava, Nergriva, Hava. It was good, Coach. I'm telling you. <laughs> Nothing like hearing Jewish music sung oh, with an ancient accent. Classic. It was phenomenal. That's classic. That wedding should have been open to the public. There should have been like a, you know, they could have put bleachers around just so we could watch. I, I'm, I'm not kidding. It was awesome. You know, they started the music out at the, okay, everything was unique until the reception started. Then it got as cliche as everything. Oh, Crochet is everything else, mm -hmm. uh, but like when the when the wedding started, they started playing Pink Floyd. I was like, this is the freaking coolest wedding I've ever been at. They're playing Wish You Were Here, you know, before <laughs> like the bride and all that. Like, and then they started playing like really really cool songs. If you listen to the words, had yep. phenomenal music about two people being together forever. Yep. And then right right when the uh, uh, celebration started after the bride and groom walked back down the aisle mm -hmm. and kissed and all that other stuff. I was like, here we go. Yep. Here we go. But yep. I, it's all right. It's the, your time. the usual fare. Speaking of uh, songs, by the way, some radio station, I won't mention them, did a little um, bit on the fact that Penn State no longer is going to be playing a Sweet Caroline because of particularly the line, touching me, touching you. So they uh, threw out uh, other yeah. songs that would be inappropriate for Penn State. And there were some... Um, I don't even know if I can remember some of them, Big Dub, but there were some, you know, a, a little bit under the table, under the line, politically incorrect. But uh, uh, the the Cradle of Love by Billy Idol. Yeah, that was on there, right? I'm not sure. Probably, if it wasn't, it probably should have been. Okay. Yeah. You well, don't bring it up if you can't name a song. <laughs> you got to give us a couple. If you're a Penn State. Fan, well, I can't. I don't know that I can remember. Sorry about that. I just sweet, sweet child of mine had to be on there. Oh God, David, that's disgusting. You're disgusting, David Olson. How oh, I know the, the like most. That? The most disgusting. What? What is that? Like '60s song that goes splish splash. Splish splash. I was thinking yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All so alone on Saturday night. Yeah, that was inappropriate. Okay. Inappropriate. But um, <laughs> yeah, if you're a Penn State football fan, you are going to have to have. A sense of humor, because particularly at opposing stadiums, you're going to probably get some level of, um, how do I gently put this, kidding. Not by, I guarantee you one thing. They go to Indiana University and somebody plays Sweet Caroline when they don't normally play it. Someone's getting fired as the, as the music operator guy. Mm -hmm. Seriously. No one is going to stand for that. It's not like... Uh, you know, there was like a, a drug suspension from the coach or they found out they were cheating and they, they put some song out there that makes fun of that. When you're mm -hmm. talking about assault or murder, yeah. you know, that, that's not going to happen. Yeah, anyway. you're so you're right. Right. It'll be the fans. It won't be like, the, yeah. like you know what I mean? The sound yeah. guy is not going to play Sweet Child of Mine yeah. when uh, Penn State comes there. Yeah. Um, unless he doesn't say, I had no idea what you're talking about. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're not going to do it with a, hey, 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 this is for Penn State, everybody. Here's sweet child of mine. Yep. So. It is a different situation, almost beyond the humor of it, no question about it. What, what do Northwestern fans do in basketball? Something academically related with signs that got Bobby Knight major. Oh, I, oh, no, 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 no. It wasn't signs. They were chanting, who's your daddy? I thought there was something. Who's your daddy? When all was and that, then Bobby that was, Knight was like, you're yelling that to a kid that was raised by a single mom? Well, you're making fun of all our African-American kids because they don't have dads in their home? I was like, Bobby Knight, shut the F up. <laughs> that, that was, that's what happened, Coach. Okay. I can stand Bobby Knight and him to rip. Oh, that isn't class. You know what else is in first class? Bobby Knight throwing chairs across courts, choking your players, okay? Screaming at them that this is my team and you're not going to embarrass me. That, okay, that's bad, Bobby Knight. Not somebody saying, who's your daddy, mm-hmm. when your nickname is the Hoosiers, and Northwestern, who had won five games, beat your ass, okay? Don't even get me started. That's, about that's part of the problem. When you've, got a, when, you, when you've got some character issues yourself and you've had some bad attitude problems in the past, it's hard for you to fire on other people, no question about it. Yeah, he's pointing it. one finger and three yep. fingers are pointing back at him, your old yep. statement, Coach, yeah. The, 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 the worst thing I think I'd ever heard, okay, there was uh, – there's um, there's some of the funny things was uh, there was a uh, a, a Catholic school beating a, a Christian I mean a, a Catholic school beating a public school, and the Catholic school started screaming out Jesus loves you. I thought that was pretty funny, <laughs> but uh, I have to say we got in a lot of trouble when I started. Uh, there was a kid that went from Proviso West in the 1980s directly to Wisconsin, but he got Prop 48ed. And when he was on, I, I will think of his name. He gave me multiple choice. I just can't think of it right now. And uh, he um, was on the line, and I started everybody to start screaming, S-A-T, S-A-T. Well, he was on the line the first time, and our teacher stood up. Like One of one of our teachers, who I didn't think was a sports fan, well, well, I guess he knew exactly what we were talking about. And when I did it the second time, he literally grabbed me by my wrist and ripped me out of the gym. He was Ooh. like, Redwanski, he's like, you cannot... Do that, this will embarrass our whole entire school. I don't want to say anything more about the situation, but we don't need people from Proviso West thinking you're targeting them for specific reasons. He said something like that to me, and I was like, okay, mm-hmm. you don't want to turn it into a white-black thing, right? Yep. And he just stopped it, and he's like, and then he walked back into Proviso the West, if I recall, I could have the wrong school, but the school back in my day, when they had a cheer for our cheerleaders, something to the effect of U-G-L-Y, you ain't got no alibi, you're ugly, you're ugly, you're just plain ugly. And our uh, crowd and our parents didn't particularly take to that all that well. Well, I, I don't blame any of you. Yeah. I don't blame any of you. I like Northwestern's cheer, though, after getting you know shellacked in whatever particular sport it is. And sadly, over the years, they've become somewhat attuned to it, um, the comeback cheer. The comeback cheers, that's all right, that's okay, you're going to work for us someday. Yeah, of course. And every, think, about, think about the, the non profit sports coach. Yes, Northwestern has never made the tournament. Uh, Northwestern has never won the Rose Bowl. No, they have won the Rose Bowl, haven't they? They, yeah. have, they did win the Rose Bowl way, way, way back. But they haven't won a bowl game in, in 60 years. Uh, every other sport in that school is good. Think about it. Really, seriously, think about it. Northwestern has good baseball softball, women's lacrosse, men's cross country, you name every single sport at Northwestern is good besides men's basketball and football. I am the public address announcer for the defending 
2011 Big Ten uh, soccer men's soccer champions. So let us there not you go. Another, men's another that's another example, yeah. coach. So it's it's just on the profit sports. Are they getting their ass handed to them? Starting it forward from Lesotho, Africa, Lepe Sutani. Took me about six na- six games to get his name correct. Uh, all right. Do um, you have a Mapuka on your team at all? We don't, but we probably should. And it's not my you team. Need what? 888-463-6748. The phone number again, 888 By the way, one thing we haven't mentioned, we talked a little uh, Notre Dame football and their suspensions and uh, their wackadoodle coach, Brian Kelly, but uh, they're playing this weekend, Big Dog, in Dublin, Ireland against the Naval Academy, and they're building that game up. I don't know if you're, you follow this a little bit, but it's football. They're selling the sport of American football in Ireland. They've got high school teams going over there, Chicago area teams taking on a Dallas team. They've got a Division Three matchup, but the marquee one is Notre Dame and Navy live from Dublin, Ireland. Kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. You know, Coach, people, they get all upset. Oh, football's an American sport. Why are we putting games over on the continent? And – in Great Britain, which includes, uh, well, I guess you can include uh, Ireland and the whole Great Britain deal. And uh, in Germany, football's big. And when I hear people complaining, why do NFL games go out to Wembley, blah, blah, blah? You know what? It's pretty freaking cool. And, you know, at the Super Bowl and all that, I don't know if that'll ever not be held in the United States. But when people get angry about this stuff, I love football so much that I want the rest of the world to actually start getting into it. And, mm-hmm. and, and, from what I understand, all the games are out in Ireland, aren't they, Coach? All yep. of them. All the, yep. It's like a, it's going to be a total success out there. So uh, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, which high school team is going here? Is it Notre Dame High School? Uh, no, Loyola Academy. Oh, excellent, yeah. excellent. Yeah, I think they're canceling school for a week. Or I mean, like half the school is going. Football team, marching band, the choir, they got a whole. All the parents are going. It's a huge, huge venture, but uh, – Never let school get in the way of a good education. Absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree with you on that particular uh, aspect. Hey, real quick, before Pigskin calls and we get into NFL football, let's talk a little bit of uh, baseball here, Big Dog, because we've got a, um, a a legitimate pennant race and a good one going on here in the city of Chicago. We also had a contract signed yesterday. You'll be happy to know it was not a no-trade contract, but, uh, well, maybe you won't be happy. Your opinion, before we get to the White Sox, Starlin Castro who's had a uh, up-again, down-again, first two years with the Cubs, kind of a, if he was a stock, I think you'd list him at high risk, high reward. But they sign him, interestingly, six, uh, seven years. $60 million, does not have a no trade, but uh, your thoughts, good move, bad move, or it's a gamble, no question about it, signing a young Starlin Castro for that long of a contract. Um, the, the one thing I'm going to say about Starlin Castro is that he's had uh... – a few people that have, a lot of people have ripped him because he's had momentary lapses of concentration. Yep. Okay. But effort and the ability to work and get better has never been an issue with Starlin Castro. So I don't mind the, the long-term deal. And also, this is a guy who flat out says, I want to have 3,000 hits in my major league career. He's thinking long-term. He really wants to be a great great players so uh there are times you sign a guy that is not as proven or a, just the same amount of proven as Calvin Castro is and I get worried because who never knows what happens but I, I I think it's okay coach and it's a good thing and the Cubs have a foundation and as soon as you get a bunch of good players around him 
you know, he's not going to be a, a 280 hitter with 10 home runs like he is right now. He will be a, a 310, 325 hitter with 10 home runs and a bunch mm-hmm. of stolen bases. And it please, if he continues to, if he continues to improve defensively like he has so far this year, he can hit 280 with 10 homers and, and be a really good shortstop that makes $9 million a year. Mm-hmm. I'd have no problem with that. So uh, he's going in the right direction, Coach. I'm not sitting here and going to start. like a, You know, it's kind of funny. The Cubs have so little going for them that when you talk about the little that's good, people tend to bash it. So like, oh, all we got is Scarlett Cash. Well, yeah, that's all we have, but he's not that good. Well, you know what? Pretty freaking good for a 22-year-old coach. And think about that. When he's 29, at the end of this contract, at the end of it, he'll be at the peak of his baseball career. Think about it. 27 to 31 is your peak as a baseball player. He'll be right in the middle of it. And it's so much better to sign a long-term deal like that as opposed to when they sign Alfonso Sorbano and the, the Cubs are going to be like, you know, he's going to be old and bad during the last three years of it. Yeah, well, they were right. And it never panned out. So that's a good signing, Coach. By the, way, know, by the way, thank you for letting me know this. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of defense, by the way, his partner in crime over there, and I hope they keep Darwin Barney around too. I didn't. I mean, I knew he was playing a phenomenal second base. In fact, between Gordon Beckham and the White Sox and Darwin Barney of the White uh, the Cubs, I would say it's the best defensive second base that we've ever seen in one season in the city of Chicago. Beckham, with all his hitting problems, has been outstanding. But Darwin Barney, big dog, hundred and twelve consecutive games. Are you kidding me? 112. He's one off the National League record with no, without any errors. I mean, that's... And he just he just broke Ryan Sandberg's record. Yeah, I think and David. I, so I, I, I just, I'm just gonna I'm gonna have to say no. Don't forget 1983. Ryan Sandberg won the the the, the okay. Gold Glove. And Julio Cruz of the of the White Sox. If he did not win the Gold Glove in 1983 in the American League, he was really really dang close. Really dang close. So right. I, I, that, that's a bold statement, Coach. I had to go back 29 years mm-hmm. in order to even come up with something off my head that was even close to what uh, Barwin and Beckham have been this year. Such a and key. You know, Bar- go ahead. A little, like, it's just the opposite because, like, back then, Sam was the sure-handed guy that got everything and got you out, and Julio Cruz was the, the sensational guy, and it's like just the opposite now, where Beckham is the sure-handed guy who gets everything. Well, then again, Barney hasn't made an error. What's it? What is it? May coach 110 games ago. 112. That's 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 got to be May, right? Yeah. That he it's, it's, yep. it's, you go you play every single day in Major League Baseball it's in amazing. second base, and you don't make any errors in June, July, or August. Yep. That's that's amazing at a position that uh, you get all kinds of hops and you got to you know have that tremendous mm-hmm. range. You got to play batters the right way. It's a second base. I I still think the most well. I think first base and second are the two most underrated defensive positions in all of baseball. Everybody well, talks about the just, shortstop just, and third just base. Go short, center, and catcher. As long as you have those three at the top, I don't yeah. care what you say about anything else. As yeah. long as you get those on top. All-time record, by the way, the all-time record, major league record, Placido Polanco, 141 games. So he's got to uh, finish out the season without an error. But the bottom line is the Cubs have a uh, pretty good keystone combo set for the future. And Darwin Barney and uh, Starlin Castro, hopefully they'll grow up together. Our guy at first base, though, big dog. Just to throw a little negative into our uh, positive cauldron at this point, our guy at first base, the rookie superstar, looked like a sure bet when he came up. Tony Rizzo, 
down to 280. Yesterday's game, he struck out three times. So we have some issues with Anthony Rizzo. Yeah, I'm, I'm not getting all worried about Anthony Rizzo, too, because uh, when you think about a guy that you put in your three-hole, if he has no protection around him, it's very difficult for him to hit consistently. And, and if you talk about all the great three-hitters of all time, every single great three-hitter of all time had a really, really, really good hitter behind them, typically. You know what I mean? Like, Hank Aaron had Eddie Matthews, Babe Ruth had uh, Lou Gehrig. You know, there's, you just go on and on and on. Uh, there, every single person around baseball knows how to get Alfonso Soriano out, and that's just just don't make a mistake and throw a, a strike. That's all you have to do. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm not too worried, Coach. I'm not as worried as you. I, I still think that the, the, the let's find out if Rizzo's good when instead of having Chase Headley last year and then now Alfonso Soriano hit behind him, let's see what happens when he has a legitimate hitter hitting behind him when he's in, mm-hmm. in the major leagues for a while. And if you're going to talk about a a spot because I'm kind of shocked that Rizzo's gone through this little hard stretch the last two weeks. But what about Brett Jackson? During this last two weeks, Brett Jackson has finally blossomed and he yep. looks like a number one draft pick like he yep. was three years yep. ago. That's good to see. Yep. They brought up the two youngsters, both of them struggling mightily the first month of the season. Josh Vitters had to sit out yesterday. He continues to struggle, but you're right. He's Brett. not going to be good, Coach. Don't, yeah. don't just don't hold your breath on Josh Fitters, anybody. Okay. That was a mistake to well, cut the first round draft pick on him. I'll settle for one of the two. If Brett Jackson can be the guy, all of a sudden, you know, you got Rizzo, Barney, Castro. I need to see more of Brett Jackson, but if he can play, then you got a young center fielder. You're starting to build up pieces. I think, besides pitching, big dog, the number one thing the beloved Cub have to find that we got to get a catcher. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. We, I totally agree with you on that one, coach. Yeah, we got to get a young catcher, which we thought. Giovanni Soto was going to be that guy, and he was certainly a quality guy, a good leader, good handler, a pitcher, but he couldn't hit. Couldn't hit. We got to, we got to get a guy who is a good leader, a young leader, a good young handler of pitchers who can play some solid defense, but but he's got to be able to hit. You got to get got to get a catcher that can be an RBI guy too. Yeah, and, and especially on a team that has no other offense. Yep. You know, you, you talk about how Darwin Barney can be a great piece. You know, uh, on a really, really good, on a championship caliber team because yes. he's so good defensively and he runs the bases well and he can hit behind runners. But uh, it's the same thing with your catcher. If the Cubs actually got production out of real production, you know, not 250 with 20 homers at the end of the year, and, mm-hmm. and they, oh, we let the Cubs in homers, Alfonso Soriano. Yeah, he, he's got 23 and he's got like RBIs, okay? Uh, if you actually get production out of your outfielders and your first basemen, then you don't need your catcher to hit as much. That's another, that, that would be a good thing for the Chicago Cubs. But mm-hmm. at this point, Soto hit 180 when he, with two home runs and he's batting fifth for the Cubs every day. That was not getting it done. Yep. Of course, he goes to Texas and he gets on a hot streak coach, by the way. Yeah, like, I haven't followed that. Is he, he's playing, is he starting for them? Not great, not great, but he's played well there. It's kind of just, I guess everybody hits when you go into the Rangers lineup. Because mm-hmm. you're like, uh, Josh Hamilton, Adrian Beltre, Nelson Cruz, then me, and then behind me is Craig Gentry. Seriously, he's batting behind me? You know, so it's a little different when you're in the Rangers lineup as opposed to the Chicago National League Ball Club lineup. Moving along to the team that's actually in pennant contention. we got a big series, huge series coming up, and we're all fired up for football this weekend as well. We should be, Big Dog, but I believe the Detroit Tigers taking on the Chicago White Sox in the biggest baseball series of the season. Sox lose yesterday to Baltimore 6 to nothing. Cup won a row. Chris Sale, 
Their great young pitcher had a down game, an off game, only lasted four innings. That'll happen. No reason to panic. But um, the Sox have lost a couple in a row, and part of it, compliments to the Baltimore Orioles. That's a, a heck of a good young ball club that's still in contention, Doug. Yeah, and I, I really don't know how they're doing it with so much average young pitching. To be honest, I, I just I just shake my head. I, I look at their pitching, and none of it is dominant. But you know, Zach Brighton and other Steve Bank, I really have uh, Brian Mattis and all that. They're, it's not that good, Coach. I I just shake my head how this team is, is winning ball games. I mean, their lineup, their everyday lineup is really good. Nick Markakis and Adam Jones. Adam Jones has a chance to be the Andrew McCutcheon of baseball soon because Adam Jones is a great defensive center fielder. Runs the bases great. He's a very good hitter. Once he turns the corner like Andrew McCutcheon did, who is the National League MVP still to this point, I would think, uh, the, the, the Orioles have a lot of good offense and players like the Ike Davis kid, but it, I don't know how their pitching is holding up, Coach. I'm just shaking my head. And by the way, their, their closer, Jim Johnson, is he's like Doug Jones. Remember that guy, the closer that would throw like 80 miles an hour? That's It's the same thing. I'm just dumbfounded by that the Orioles are still in contention. Part of it is the the second-year magic of a Bucky Showalter. Wherever he goes, you know, the team struggles in the first year. They always, this is like his third consecutive team, where they have a breakout sophomore season. And then I hate to tell you, if you're a Baltimore fan, usually after the second year it does not go well under the Buckster. Just just to let you know, Buck Showalter fired by the Yankees in 95. They win the World Series in 96. Buck Walter fired by the Arizona Diamondbacks in 2000. They win the World Series in 2001. Uh, Buck Walter fired by the Texas Rangers in uh, 08. And in 2010, they go to the World Series. Buck Walter was hired to be fired. Don't worry, Coach. The Orioles are going to win the World Series the year after they fire his ass. So you can't win it until you – first you got to hire him. Yeah. Then you got to fire him, but it's like a great cook, a master chef. You got to know right when the uh, you know the food is perfectly cooked. You have to know when to fire him. Timing is everything, big dog. Oh, it is. It yeah. is. It's the, the same thing. The Yankees have done. I mean, uh, the the D backs and the Rangers have done it right. Yep, yep. Same thing, by the way, that our general manager Chris Whitting has been talking about uh, the commander in chief here. I get the feeling we're on the on the boiler pot, big dog, and it's boiling over and. Uh, you know, he could be waiting for the right moment. I don't think we're ripe just yet, but we could be the Buck Showalters of radio, by the way. I'm not sure if that's something to be proud of, but I think we might be. You should be proud, Coach. He's probably got Hub Arkush ready to come in after us. <laughs> Hub is probably in the building right now. Hub Arkush. No, he only comes in on Thursday, but he is known to listen. He'll steal some of our material, by the way. By the way, I'm very depressed Although it turned out to be false advertising. David, I don't know if you're aware of my guy Fareed Zakaria, who I listed my top ten most respected people that you know around. Uh, Big Dog, are you aware of who Fareed Zakaria is? I don't know. You probably mispronounced his name, so no, I don't know who he is. All right. He uh, was a Newsweek columnist, Times columnist, um, and now he's he's becoming more and more popular on TV. He got his own TV show. Unbelievably intelligent guy. He's been used independently as a consultant for various politicians, but he's never hopped on. Anyhow, this guy is the epitome of class. Unbelievably intelligent, has great perspective on worldviews. I mean, you just 
Google him up and read some of his articles, Big Dog. It's like it's it's like just better than any classroom or teacher that you could have. He really is a tremendously intelligent guy. Anyhow, he got suspended for um, what's the copying word? Plagiarism. For plagiarism, which was a shock because again, this guy's like the number one most respected guy. Suspended a couple of weeks ago. Well, it turned out. It turned out, and he hasn't written it yet. He's not back in action. I'm sure he'll explain it. But he, by mistake, by mistake and all the reading he did, used a little bit from some particular paragraph. It was a minuscule thing. They went through all of his old articles. I mean, they scanned the globe of all of his old stuff, found nothing plagiarized, so it was a simple mistake. Why I brought him up, I'm not even sure. But how did we get to Fareed Zakaria? David's not sure either. These are the weird tangents that go on. But Google them up. Because, because you're accusing Hub Arkish of stealing from you. Oh, yes. That's Thank why. you. Thank you. Now, I, I don't know if we can put Hub on the same level as a Fareed Zakari, but he is a man of great ilk. <laughs> you know, I thought Hub has stolen from me, too, before, because he's a man that believes in uh, in running the ball, power running, and throwing the ball down the field for touchdowns. Okay, so that's me, Coach. He's he's had a copy of that from me. I did not get it from Hub because I do not wear an earring. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Let the let the uh, accusation accusations fly. I'll let you and Hub uh, deal it out, okay? No problem, Coach. The, the more important issue is that uh, the two of us are on the back burner, Big Dog, and if we don't watch, we could be off the air. I mean, he might cancel us right in the middle of a particular show. We could be going, and then I'll... False <laughs> oh, alarm. Beep, 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 beep. How are you, Big Dog? You still with the show? Yeah, I'm doing all right, Coach. Yeah. i got to admit, I'm going through some really, really rough times. Uh, yeah, especially the last two minutes of the show. I, I don't have health insurance. Okay. Oh, boy. And uh, I was about to get some from Blue Cross Blue, Blue Shield. Okay. And I started asking all the questions, and everything seems fine. And then basically, oh, you got a DUI. And then like the woman's like, oh, uh, no, I didn't get health insurance because I got a DUI uh, four years ago. And I got to tell you, it was the perfect health insurance for me. And I'm like, okay, I eat all whole foods. I don't ever eat at any fast food places. I exercise regularly. And I don't just exercise like, oh, I lift weights. Or I, 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 I run on the treadmill. No, I do cardio. I, live, I do resistance training, stretching. You name it, six days a week, I do a broad variety of everything to keep me as healthy as possible. I get eight hours of sleep a day. I show up for work, blah, blah, blah. Oh, but I got a DUI four, four years ago, so now I can't get freaking health and health insurance. Uh, you know, F Blue Cross Blue Shield, F all their freaking policies. I'm trying to get health insurance everywhere. They're like, oh no, we can't give it to you. Okay, but if you you're going to give it to the 800 pound dude who gets in his car and drives three and a half feet to go to McDonald's, and then gets back in his car and drives three and a half feet feet to go back and sit his ass on a couch and do nothing all day. He's going to get health insurance, but I can't get it. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm so disgusted, Coach, right now. I don't even know what I do. Now I'm totally freaking out, and I'm assuming something bad is going to happen to me because I was thought I was getting health insurance, and I was like, finally, first time in my life I could afford health insurance. And trust me, Coach, by myself, single, it's still about three hundred dollars a month. Okay, I am screwed. I don't know what I'm going to do now. I really I, now I'm I'm a hundred percent positive that something bad is going to happen to me because I thought I was going to have health insurance on September 1st. You would have thought that would be the case for for auto insurance, but uh, that that is odd, and I, I feel your vent. That, that's just not right. Seriously, have I mean, you tried going through e-health insurance? I'm, I'm going to have to, uh, Dave. I, I can't even explain how disgusted I am. 
and the beautiful thing was with this, uh, with the old blue cross blue shield, I could get an HSA, which basically meant that my yep. deductible would have been tax deductible. Yep. Which is beautiful. You know what I'm saying? It's like, this is money that I had to spend. It's not earned money. Obviously, I don't want to spend $3,500 on X operation, but at least it would have been taken off of what I would have made this past year. Now I'm looking at it, the insurance companies that I'm looking at now, I won't have any money if anything happens to me. I'll be absolutely screwed, and none of them cover at 100%. I'm like, why even, why spend $300 a month if I still have to spend another, you know, $5,000 on an injury or something like that? And my deductible, $300 a month, and the best deductible I can get is $3,500? Blue Cross Blue Shield wouldn't take me because, what, I exercise and eat right? You're basically paying with the insurance you're paying for the you know, the disaster situation. Yeah, that's all. That's yeah. all, basically. And that they, they'll cover that. Oh, by the way, now, Blue Cross Blue Shield, my experience, uh, excellent customer service, except for what they're doing to you. I, I don't think that's right at all. But, uh, you know, they customer service, very, very good. Uh, basically, everything very good. But whatever fee they bring you in at, be careful if it's a you know surprisingly low fee because they'll get you in. And then once you're in, all of a sudden... A year later, you know, you're boosted up, boom, and then six months later, another chunk, and okay. real quick, in about a year and a half or two years, you're at a pretty high rate. You made me feel a lot better now because comparatively price-wise, they were the best so far, mm-hmm. but they weren't just trying to get me in. They were doing the and, – and after I was treated by them, are you serious with uh, – I need a dot. My throat is freaking killing me. I can't get upset. I can't. I'm just going to chill out. I'm just, I'm I'm going through a real hard emotional, uh, the last 24 hours, Coach, Mm -hmm. because uh, the the simple fact I got turned out, it's like, what, I I can't, what, the insurance company doesn't want to even get me because four years ago I made the stupid mistake of driving home at 8 o'clock in the morning after sleeping for five hours at a friend's house. Mm -hmm. I get pulled over driving home in the morning. It's like, oh, God, whatever. What's happening I mean, in the air, coach? I, I believe that like stuff like this happened. Now I'm like, oh no, I was supposed to have insurance, now I don't. You have no idea. I felt so good. I was like, I'm finally getting insurance. Then they call back, oh, we decided not to accept you. And the only thing that they could have done, my I asked to talk to my brother. He's like, the, the only because he's my insurance guy. The only thing that they could have done was because of the DUI. Like, There's no other reason for them not to accept you. Hmm. Did you have a big something on on your back? That should have been looked at, but you didn't have it because of health insurance. It was so. Why don't you just no, no? I broke my back when I was a junior in high school. Coach. Okay, I and, and that was taken care of. And my senior year in high school, I, I couldn't work out before football. I basically did the Brian Urlacher and just showed up game but number this, one, this, basically without practicing. But this and was not coach. This coach was, was like you're playing both ways. Like, this is freaking cool. I didn't even practice, and I get to play the whole game. And at the end of the game, I was like, no, no, Coach, there's nothing wrong with me. All right. But the, okay. the, the thing I was talking about, I don't want to get too graphic here because we are America's number one breakfast show as long as you're not eating any kind of breakfast. But it wasn't the bad back. This was more like a, a uh, oh, I know what you're talking about. centralized well, bruise. What happened was, um, I, and I'm, I, I, I was with a girl for seven years and I'm marrying her. As soon as as soon as I divorced her ass, first girl I'm with is like, "You have a massive lump on your back." I'm like, "Really?" And this is like a week after. 
about a month later, a different girl. You got a massive lump on your back. Okay. Wow, that's another girl. Wow, you got this massive lump. I was like, I was with this girl for seven years. She never mentioned it. The first three girls I, I get into, she they the first thing they say is, you got this lump on your back. Okay. Well, finally, I meet this one girl, and she's like, Joel, this is Evgeny Gurevich. Uh, Joel, uh, you have this lump on your back. My brother had one, too. And she ends up cutting me open, and she rips out a piece oh. of calcium the size of my oh. freaking thumb. Okay. Wow. What'd she rip out? Calcium? Uh, it was a piece of calcium. Yeah. But, like, why didn't, you know, my, my ex ever say anything about that? Never. Ooh. Nothing. Nothing. No. Glad this show so, doesn't like, have sound effects, like, oh, David she was Wilson. such a good person. That's, like, Woo. the example I want to show. No, she wasn't. She didn't. So. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I mean, it was, you should have saw how massive this piece of calcium was, Coach. I shouldn't say my thumb. It was more the size of my pinky. Oh, goodness. I saw the scar on my back from that. She had to cut me open and, and take, oh it, was, oh, it was hard, Coach. I can't even explain the, the excruciating pain it was when she ripped that thing out I, of there. I can't. I can only blame myself, David Olson. I was the one who brought it up. Just trying to remain a little less descriptive, but I yeah, feel your pain. Trying to tell me I, I, I didn't deserve health insurance because I yeah. had something pre-existing yeah. that has been ripped out of me. Yeah. By the way, I, so. I feel your pain on the health insurance thing because you're and you're exactly right. Psychologically, then you start playing the, you know, the fear game, and it's like in sports: if you play not to lose, you end out losing. So now all of a sudden you're 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 worried about this, worried about that, and the stress can do something. So you. you uh, we got to find you some health insurance, big dog. Bottom line, David Olson. I will point out he can't be turned down for a pre-existing condition. Ah, now or in the new? Is no, it? now he can't. Now that that went in effect. But does DUI count as a pre-existing condition? I, I, I've never heard anybody being turned down for health insurance because of a DUI. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, Dave. Why would they turn me down? I don't understand. They asked me how many how many drinks I had a week, and I said, uh, I told the truth. I have I have five. Uh, hard alcohol drinks and five beers, and you know what they are? They're on Sunday night after I get done working because I order a PB and J, a Pass Lurman, and a Jameson. I drink them both at the same time. I was being honest with this week. I was like, "Is ten drinks a week reason not to turn, to turn somebody down for uh, health insurance?" No, but my advice would have been you probably should have been slightly less honest. Well, it's freaking pathetic. Did you ever talk to the agent? Get an explanation. It's my brother. It's my brother. My brother's like, I have no control over it. So he's like, I have no. He's like, I can't tell them who to take, who not to take. So you were talking to the underwriter. Yeah. I guess so. Whoever the nurse was that called me. They, I guess nurses are underwriters. Um, I, I was the person who called me. She was like, I'm nurse so and so, and I have to ask you questions. On behalf of Blue Cross Blue Shield, whether we determine whether or not she gets your health insurance, and then she started going in. She did not ask me one time, "Do you exercise?" She did not ask me, "Do you eat naturally?" She did not ask, "Did you stay away from Burger King?" Trust me, you know what's worse for you: a Whopper and fries, or a shot of Jameson and uh, a pass blue ribbon. You know which one's worse for you in the long run? Mm-hmm. It's going to be the mix of the Big Mac and the fries. Trust me. Yeah, they should definitely ask that. The problem is with your estimate of your being honest, and David Olson, you can back me up or renege me on this, but they probably have studies showing that people probably lessen what, you know, they, they put down less than what they say. So when you put down five beers and five alcoholic drinks, they're probably thinking, oh, he does more. And that might have been where you got yourself in a, in a bit of trouble. I'm just guessing.
Just guessing. But either way. Yeah, you know what? All I know is this. Is honesty has been working out for me the last year or so. As well as should. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with it. Yep. And if Blue Cross Blue Shield doesn't want my freaking business, I'm going to make sure that 10 people that are my friends do not do business with Blue Cross mm-hmm. Blue Shield. Seriously, 100. I'm not kidding you. I'm, I'm so peeved by this, Coach. I can't, can't even you're... explain. You know, it's not like they turn me down for credit or something like that because I don't have good credit. I am a, a picture of perfect freaking health, and they turn me down for health insurance. It's moronic. Can't your brother slash your agent, uh, as we take care of the big dog's family problem? Are we in the like, air, like, David? I, like I say this again, sure. it's up to the, the health insurance. He can, yes, he can determine whether or not he wants me as every type of no, insurance. But can't he, can he uh, uh, you know, work on your behalf? Can't he explain to them? I mean, if he's one of their agents, you know, he should be able to at least – verbally talk to someone and, and, and explain some of the things that you have so eloquently like, explained. Oh, this is your brother? Of course you're talking well about him. Well, they don't have to. Well, Trust me, he would have. Does would've. your brother work for Blue Cross Blue Shield, no. or is he just oh, selling insurance? My brother insurance? has his own insurance company, Atlas Insurance. He started his own insurance company. My brother is a badass, okay? And <laughs> he did everything he could. He gave me the... He based, he's, again, he keeps on trying to, he's trying to get me health insurance. I can't explain it any more than I get an email from every day, try this one, try this, call this guy, tell this person this. My brother's done everything he possibly can, fellas. I'm not upset at my brother whatsoever mm-hmm. on this. There's nothing that he did wrong, and he, and he tried to, he tried to coach me up on stuff to say, make sure to say this, 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 and I did all that, and he didn't tell me to lie. That was the only problem. If he would have told me to lie, I would have been a lot better off. Hmm. Or fudge a little bit. But, by the way, your your approach of honesty, which has been working for you, don't change that. Okay, because in the long will, run, no, yeah. yeah. I don't I have no intention to. I have no yeah. intention to. So. Yeah. That's going to be the road to take. All right, well, we got Beat the Schmoes coming up on Friday, Big Dog, and tomorrow we have uh, the opening. The opening of the 2012 college football season. What games on the docket for tomorrow, Big Doug? Uh, Coach, I really, really wish I knew. Uh, all I know is tomorrow at Thursday at 7 p.m., I'll be making money on the river, and I'm just going to be happy that uh, I'm one of the few Americans that not only has a job, but absolutely thoroughly loves their job. And, and as much as it sucks that I miss uh, human beings running into each other at full speed, it's just something I'm going to have to suck up and deal with. So I, mm-hmm. you please tell me the, the excruciatingly painful games that I'm going to have to miss tomorrow. I will do that tomorrow. Okay. Because <laughs> I don't have the list in front of me. And look at the bright side, Big Dog. It's a temporary situation, right? Once the uh, the river closes down due to cold weather, you will be back on your left and right, uh, Gluteus Maximus, watching collegiate and National Football League action. And and just, uh, this is something that anybody, if you're listening to this program, you might want to pay attention to this if you're a, if you're an end-of-the-world fan. But uh, Lily the Lilac and I have made arrangements, and we will be in Chichen Itza on December 21st, 2012. Wow. The day that the rest of the world says that the world is ending. Well, we're going to be in Chichen Itza, the capital, capital of the Mayans, and we're going to be partying with them, freaking people. I'm, it's going to be when Kukulkan comes back, I will be there, Coach. I know you might laugh at me. You might laugh. But, I, I mean, I, I know I don't want to sit there and ridicule you or whatever, but I don't think you realize how important this is worldwide, and I'm actually going to be mm-hmm. at the party. That's cool. Okay. How hard was it to get a ticket to uh, Shitsunitsa? It's Shitsunitsa. Don't make fun of these people, okay? <laughs>
By the okay. way, they, they can build massive buildings on alignment to the stars that you can't even know what you don't even know what football games you're going to be watching tomorrow yeah, night. Okay. Really, all of us. <laughs> All of a sudden, David, health insurance doesn't seem that important. We're all going to meet our uh, demise December 21st. So as long as you stay healthy for about five more months, Big Doug, you're all good. Yeah, but I want to look good, though, Coach. That's true. You know what I'm saying? That's true. Yeah. I got a, I got a foot pedicure scheduled on December 18th, so I'm all good. <laughs> Very good, Coach. All right. Big Dog, great talking to you. Hang in there, buddy. Uh, and we will uh, check in tomorrow and I'll have the full slate of college football games for you, okay? Sounds good, my friend. I'll talk to you later, David. Beautiful. Big Dog will be back with us tomorrow. We never heard from Pigskin Boy. Maybe he's uh, checking in tomorrow, but I know he's excited about that. We got him. Swamp Rat. Talk to Swamp Rat, one of our regular listeners. He'll be checking in on Football Friday with his Beat the Schmoes football picks. Football season about to get off and run a blue. 42 red, 17. Split left. Split left. Ready, set. Tackle right. Tackle right. Motion. 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 Hut, hut. Hut, hut. See you tomorrow at 10. Don't be late.